You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. I would really encourage parents to think about your child's emotional health, their social health, their mental health, so they can go back to being kids and, and thrive. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. We have a very needed episode as we uh, go to the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> aka the kids going back to school. It's not Christmas. Uh, we have an expert here today. Hi, Helen. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to get a chance to talk. Yes. Not as excited as we are. Yes. I can promise you that. With uh, school here, I, know. Yeah. I guess when this episode launches, it will be today. Yeah. So welcome back to school, mom and dad. Congratulations. You, you made it through made summer. It. Exactly, exactly. Great success. Great success. <laughs> yes. It's like amazing. And then, oh my goodness, how do we deal with right. all the things that come with this big transition? So I um, feel like August was like a snap. It was like the Sunday of the week. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of, you're kind of living in September in August. Anyway, yes. before we get into all of this, Helen, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're about so that our audience knows yeah. what they're going to get from this episode? Absolutely. So I'm a child psychiatrist and, um, with a specialty actually in focus on younger kids. So kids, um, zero to six is what my research is involved in, but also, you know, kids before adolescence. And I was in academic medicine for 30 years. Wow. I was head of child psychiatry at Duke University, then chair of psychiatry at NYU in New York, and left, um, as I said, my endowed chair and tenure a year and a little bit ago to work full time at Little Otter, which is a company I founded with my daughter, which is That's the most amazing, amazing. thing. Yeah. And at Little Otter, we provide family centered mental health care for kids uh, zero to 14 years old, but their entire family. So we you know, do therapy, we do uh, psychiatry, 
But we also um, are there to help parents uh, answer the question, when should I worry, right? Mm -hmm. My kid's having a tantrum or my child is afraid of starting school. Is this something that's typical or Mm -hmm. is this something that might be a sign of some other problem? Mm -hmm. And there are are telltale signs. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. That's the important thing. And, you know, part of why I founded Little Otter is... I know this need actually as a doctor, of course, but also as a mom. I've got four children. Uh, My third child is identical twins. So um, (laughs) that's how we have four. And um, but my second child uh, has a rare brain illness. And so he first got sick when he was 13. He's in his 20s. But Little Otter comes from my experience as a mom in one, having the privilege to get my kid the help he needed because I was a doctor and I, you know, could do that. But then despite my privilege, having the experience as a mom in the medical system and Mm -hmm. how you can't get answers or people dismiss you. And so Little Otter really is like top quality mental health care and coming from the perspective that parents are the experts of their children, right? right? And our job as professionals is to be partners, right? Mm -hmm. To figure out together how we can support a child and a family. So it's um, really been an amazing opportunity to sort of leap beyond the walls of academia um, Mm -hmm. and writing papers and all those great things to figure out like, how are we actually gonna make a difference in families' lives? like because there's a desperate need right now. Oh my gosh, we'll, well, be, we'll get into that, but before, I do- Before we jump into, I know you wanna go with the I love you and you're annoying. I, I, I wanna acknowledge you for this because I think it's critical for, as an entrepreneur, we're two entrepreneurial people. We've yeah. both gone from corporate structured jobs with security yep. to the independent world of create for yourself. Yep. Jump out on the ledge and see if you can fly kind of thing. So yeah. I acknowledge you. I can't imagine the conversations that occurred before taking mm. this leap to go from the position you are in into this other world solely based off of a calling. So congratulations. Oh, I really, fully I really acknowledge that. I really appreciate that because I mean, that's it's totally scary and incredibly thrilling. It's the same mission my whole life has Mm -hmm. been to help children and families. But I will say, I think, and I'm sure you all can respond to this as entrepreneurs, that I'd had this idea for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I'm a doctor and a scientist. And it wasn't until my daughter, who has an incredible background in tech and product, that um, I think I'm the person to make your vision a reality. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just like your partnership, you have to you can't just do it on your own, right? right? It's about building the right team and bringing together the right areas of expertise to make something new, right? right? That's, that's so exciting. That's the challenge, yeah. It's also full of passion too, because it's like another baby, right? Like you have kids, but this is also another baby. You really nurture that, right? It so, really okay, is. let's let's get into uh, just something quick, just to give our audience just a little maybe different perspective on um, maybe your mothering side. Like we know you're a doctor, but I'd love to hear, uh, you said you were married, you've been married for how long? 34 years. Wow. One of my favorite numbers, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I actually am very 
really am really proud of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so you know that we do I Love You and You're Annoying. What is one thing about, actually, let's do a two-parter. So we'll do one thing that is super annoying about your husband. It could be, you already know what you're going to say. You said, yes, I I got it. (laughs) And then maybe let's do um, one thing that you maybe find annoying or frustrating working with your daughter because we work together and I love Ryan, but there are times where we're like, this is hard. It sucks sometimes. <laughs> so let's hear it. So in terms of my wonderful, amazing husband, right. he will never close a cabinet door. Really? So when I walk into the kitchen, every single door is open drawer. Um, and oh we haven't got that one yet. No yeah. One said that. So, well, what's interesting is this really early in our marriage became an issue because I was like, I'm telling you over and over again, you must not love me because you won't close the drawers right. like because it clearly bothers me. And we went to marriage counseling and the marriage counselor said, I think your husband has ADHD, which it turned out he did. Hmm. So that really helped. I realized that, you know, it wasn't just because he was trying to be unthoughtful. It was mm-hmm. that this was now I will say he's gotten great treatment. But the doors still don't get. <laughs> but there, but there are other things. Yes. There are other, you know, it's gotten more organized in other ways. So. I keep thinking about the sixth sense. You know, the very yes. beginning where all of the doors and the uh, cupboards are open. Where you're like, yeah. is there a ghost here, or what's happening? Why yeah. are they always yeah. open? You can definitely see the footprint of where <laughs> someone has been. <laughs> so Brittany, so Brittany's cabinet door oh, equivalent is the lights. I know every room Brittany's ever been into. It's not me. It's the kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kids hang out in our closet in our they bathroom do. all the time. The kids yeah. follow me. That's <laughs> yeah. the problem, That's right? right. And so turning, they turn them on. Turning the lights on so. as you go. Yeah, fly Kill. relates to that totally. Maybe Brittany has ADHD and I just didn't know. <laughs> I don't, but maybe. So what <laughs> what is it like working with your daughter? Well, let's let's just talk about the fun part of it. What's it's, not fun well, about it? First of all, it? it's amazing and yeah. fantastic. I mean, it's what an incredible gift. And um, and we're incredibly aligned. And what we talk about is, and this is really true, we've done a lot of our own therapy and right. worked through a lot of things. So we're coming to it. We're not working out issues in ourselves or in our mother-daughter relationship. The other thing is, we have very clear roles. So I'm obviously the medical science leader of the company mm-hmm. and she's the technology product development. She's actually the CEO of the company and I'm mm-hmm. the chief medical officer. And I think that makes it really important. We're not, we're not overlapping with each other, mm-hmm. but then I'd say the last thing, and I want to be really clear about this is she's the CEO. And when, you know, we've raised money, venture back money for this company, when people would ask, I would say, she's the they would say what would you do if there's a disagreement and Mm -hmm. i said ultimately she's the ceo and i will respect her decision so i think that's you know you have to really think through these things um ahead of time and i mean the best thing is she lived in san francisco for eight years and hey ryan yes you stink um okay I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. 
and the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks? What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. She and her husband decided to move back to North Carolina where we live. So it's not just that we're doing the company, but we actually get to see each other. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. That's beautiful. great. Love you know, that. you said two things now, um, one pertaining to your husband and one pertaining to your daughter. And we always talk about the importance of this. And I know this is nothing to do the podcast, so I'll expedite this conversation really quickly. But again, acknowledging the fact that you, you put in the work. Yes. Brittany and I put in the work. A lot of people ask, like, how do you guys get along so well? And how do you guys work through these issues? We always, we didn't always. <laughs> because yeah. we've done the upfront work. So exactly. we're not carrying baggage into every single conversation. All of those things have become complete conversations for us. So we're always in new conversations that have new totally. solutions. So No, I think that's so important. And I think it's about your, 
the issues as a couple, which starts with dealing with your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, having a relationship begins with taking responsibility for yourself and doing the work so that you can come to another person without, but and same for us in our marriage. I mean, we've done, you know, counseling together when we've needed it and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you got to invest, in you got to invest because yeah. there's going to be hard times, right? right. Ab absolutely. Let's so let's, let's, let's talk, let's talk kids back to school. What are you going to say? Literally, do you want me to say, like, my, yeah, I love you, but I'm annoying about my daughter. Oh yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I will say the one thing is, uh, when I raise my hand on zoom and a zoom meeting, she gets super annoyed with me because I don't always remember to make it go down again. So those are the one moment she'll be like slacking me like, mom put your hand down and i'm like okay i honestly didn't even know that was like an option oh, yeah, until like a head. couple months ago i yeah. was like why does it keep like putting it up okay let's the get reaction. into let's get into the that would be uh, my dad the good the goodness of this episode it really revolves around um kids anxiety and stress about going back to school or going to school for the yeah. first time so yes. Um, our listeners know, like we have our, our son is four. He's starting JK for the very first time. And our daughter is going into grade three. So she, we've got two different kind of things happening. Riley is our daughter. She's very excited. She's a little nervous and Cooper, um, I think he's just like, it is what it is. Like he's been, we've been fortunate enough that he's been in um, daycare and preschool during COVID. So like, okay. it's not much of a change. Um, but we have friends who kids weren't like that and they were, they're going into a new space. Right. So can you maybe speak just about um, the difference between like quote unquote normal or regular stress and maybe yeah. something a little bit more deep, like deeper, like severe anxiety yeah, absolutely. So I think we start with really what you were saying is it, it's a transition every year, right? Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, for your daughter, she's been at school, but it may be a new class, a new teacher, yeah. new, you know, friends to, to meet. And so it's totally normal for all kids and parents to have what I would call back to school jitters, right? right. There's some anticipatory anxiety and maybe take a few days or a few weeks to get settled as what it was unfamiliar mm -hmm. becomes familiar. And of course, when you're starting, you know, school for the first time or children in like in the U S are moving to middle school or moving to high school, those can be even bigger transitions, right? Yeah. Because they're, they may be, different systems or different schools. So I think the first thing is to realize that, that that is normal. And we know that it's normal when it kind of goes away once mm -hmm. kids sort of are getting comfortable and you're getting comfortable. I do think that ways that we can help children with this transition is, you know, if it's a new school, visit the school. Even if you can't go into the school and meet the teacher, go play on the playground, right? Oh. And then do sort of practicing, like getting clothes set out the night before, making a lunch, mm -hmm. walking to the bus stop. So that what you're doing there is if you can, um, you know, sort of practice these things so that it won't all be brand right. new on the first day of school. 
Mm -hmm. So like a week before, maybe have those little routines because summer is essentially routineless. That's what kids, they crave, they need a break. Right. And then I think a lot of kids really thrive with some sort of summer's a dumpster fire. It is. It really is. Right. And and I think a really important thing, I I know we're going to be, you know, people will be hearing this conversation once school starts, but to sort of tuck away in your mind, getting back to the regular sleep schedule a few weeks before um, so that you're kind of already establishing some of the routines Mm -hmm. of when bedtime is, when you're going to wake up, et cetera. Again, that gives sort of a foundation of Mm -hmm. practice when you go back, (laughs) when you leave the dumpster fire. Yes. I think that's hard. Dumpster fire. In the summer, it's so light out. So our kids are like, I mean, we have blackout blinds, which is fine, but they're like, it's still light out. And we're like, I know, but it is getting earlier, um, quicker. However, I know that you want to tell that one story when you were little and you were like, I can hear them playing. It's light out. I have that story too. I have that memory as a child too. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's not fair that you hear your, your friends and it's like sunny and you're like, I guess I'm going to bed. Like this sucks. What are you supposed to say to them? Well, son, some parents, some parents parent differently than yeah, us and some parents are responsible yeah. and some parents are like me yeah. are, know that this is really your kids like i don't care i want to yeah. play and then they're yeah. gonna go in the next day and be like jimmy my mom said that your parents aren't responsible <laughs> because you're out like blah 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 but you know what i like talking about routine so uh i don't know how it is in the states but uh the kids always go back to school um like literally the Monday after Tuesday Tuesday Mm -hmm. after Labor Day weekend. So this weekend coming up, um, I'm so happy this year. We've made it a point to stay here locally. We typically go up. Ryan's parents live a couple hours away. So we like to like see the cousins and hang out. And that is so lovely. At the same time, the amount of stress that that puts on like me and you personally, just like getting all, like getting unpacked, getting sorted out. It's a lot. You just want to decompress. And I think that I'm just a little pat on the back this year because you were like routine and getting that schedule. I think that's so I think that is, you made a great decision because I think also reducing the stress, you know, and having again, what's familiar, Mm -hmm. what's routine, not to be tired, not, I mean, kids thrive on, having routine and knowing what to expect. That's why, you know, for bedtime, it's so good not to be like, okay, now it's time for bed, Yeah, you know, to say, to give a warning. Well, we're going to be getting ready for bed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, after that show, okay, then we're going to brush our teeth and read, get in our PJs, read a book that, and if you do that in the same way, then that kind of primes children and it helps their nervous system. Mm -hmm go down, right? Because they're not wondering what's going to happen. Uncertainty makes us anxious and knowing what's happening and not feeling surprised is what helps to reduce anxiety. Now, speaking as someone who genuinely did not enjoy the school experience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) hat in hand, when I really do the work and I do the looking Um, if I could go back to the time that I had to go into school, the real reason I didn't like school wasn't school. It wasn't my friends. It was a fear of being exposed Mm. for a lack of intelligence in a particular category Mm -hmm. that the school system tends to shine a light on, which is the reading and writing application process. And so 
being a 1984 baby myself, anxiety, stress, these were words that we didn't really talk about when it came to children. I look at my nephew because we, as we already discussed, uh, Riley's pretty excited about school. Cooper's has no idea what he's getting into. (laughs) But when I asked my nephew this weekend, if he was excited about school, his first response was, no, I hate school. I wish I would have asked more questions in that situation, but how can you, how can you, in your, uh, in your professional, professional opinion, opinion, thank you for, thank you, Brittany. <laughs> well, I feel like you're struggling. Yeah, like, was, yeah, <laughs> how can you, in your professional opinion, kind of help parents streamline that conversation to figure out if it, this is a stressor mm-hmm. or that, deeper or deeper? I mean, I think that is such a poignant example of what the challenge is, because I think sometimes when people talk about, you know, potentially concerning anxiety or fear that children have about school, all the advice is about how to help them not be anxious. And there are skills and I'll talk about that. But the first thing is, what are they afraid of? Mm-hmm. Right. What What is going on? Kids are are smart and complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And so understanding in, in your situation that there was an area that you felt, you know, you, you couldn't do well and it made you scared of being sort of found out. It could be that there's a bully in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It could be that, um, you know, they're all different things. So I think part of it is, I think our initial instinct as parents is to reassure our children oh no, it's gonna be okay, don't worry, we'll remember Susie's in your class. And I think one of the skills we can learn as parents is to really actively listen Mm -hmm. and make space with questions, not to jump in with a solution. And I I think that can be hard, right? We just like, and it's not that we can't help kids have skills and ways to manage things, But the place to begin is to be curious. That's Mm -hmm. the way to be curious and not judgmental about, tell me about that. Wow. It sounds like you, you don't like school. Is there, you know, is there something that's going on or something like that? Or like with littler kids, sometimes it can be drawing. It can Mm -hmm. be imaginary play. So it doesn't just have to be a conversation. It could be, learning in the other kinds of ways that we engage with our kids really validate validate their fears and i was looking at you like that because we've had the conversation as adults ryan's first instinct is to fix he wants everyone to be happy so he wants to fix the solution and he's coming from a good space um but we've had this conversation multiple times it's just sometimes you need to meet them at their emotions before you find the solution otherwise they're not feeling validated in those fears right you don't want to dismiss them um and i I think there's another piece of that and i Ryan, I relate to you. I also, I mean, I think we all do this, Mm -hmm. right? We don't want people to feel pain or to suffer. That's a very natural feeling. But I think the other advantage of making space for feelings is to show that you're not scared that your child is having negative feelings, right? Right. That, That it's like, this is okay. You know, as we say, all feelings are okay, not all behaviors. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really about 
acknowledging it's okay to have feelings like sadness and fear and anger. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm not gonna try to make that go away. Um, because I can't tolerate you being upset in some way. So there's something very powerful again about listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, I mean, when Riley first started school, I remember, and I wonder, I'm, I'm very curious if Cooper is going to do the same thing. So she would go to school and we were lucky. She had about a year and a half before the pandemic hit and her teachers like raved about her. She was amazing. And she'd get home and she would literally barf out all of her emotions. She would have tantrums. And like Cooper does that a little bit, um, from preschool and daycare, but I am so much, I would rather them be like attentive and listening and then feel safe in the, in the home to feel all of those emotions. But when does it become again, like, I know there isn't a timeline to put on like, well, Mm -hmm. if your kid isn't over it by two weeks, then you should look into it. But like, is there some, something around where like, you notice that these feelings aren't going away? Is there like a time? Okay. Definitely. So first of all, you really beautifully described something that is so, um, appropriate for kids, right? It takes a lot of energy to hold it together at school, Mm -hmm. to follow directions, to keep your emotions in check. And it's really exhausting. And so exactly as you were attuned to, you understood that your daughter was coming home and was felt safe to Mm -hmm. let those, let her guard down and not have to be so competent, Right. right? And, and that is something that is very, very common, particularly at the beginning. And I think it's so great that you were empathetic to that rather than just thinking of that as a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if we were empathetic at, at the first, beginning. We were like, I think what it is took happening? us time to figure out Absolutely. because we're like, something's wrong with Riley. Yeah. But I mean, but half of parenting is like learning and adapting as you go. Sure. And and part of that is finding, knowing what's going on in school, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so a question would be, wow, she's, you know, having difficulty holding it together at home. Are we seeing this is happening in school? Like, no, she's doing great. Okay. So then we, you know, think about the behavior a little bit differently. But but when, this is an essential question. And as I said, I frame it as when to worry. When are a child's anxiety or fears of school more than back to school jitters. Right. And it actually time frame is helpful. It's not hard and fast. Sure. But if after two weeks and certainly after a month, you're not seeing things getting any better, that actually is a sign okay. that maybe there's something else going on. Okay. The other thing is to look at the areas of how afraid or anxious your child is before school, Mm -hmm. right? How difficult your uh, goodbyes are, right? So whether if you're doing the drop off, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is your child really upset, clinging to you, crying, and is that not getting better? Mm -hmm. So that would be something. And then when your child comes home, are they talking about um, about school or when they're going to bed, they're having trouble settling down because these worries and fears are on their mind because they're already thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to go back right. and do that again. So, so there we're talking about something that's lasting longer, that is more intense and is pervasive over, you know, 
all different activities that your child is going through. And then I think often we will see that it will go along with things like changes in your child's eating or sleeping, right? It's interfering with being able to fall asleep or stay asleep. Mm -hmm. Is your child able to joyfully, you know, engage in the things that she loves or are these anxieties and worries really seeping into everything and affecting, you know, her overall mood or her overall feeling. So, and, and one of the big ways that I think we distinguish is, and our medical term is how impairing is it? But let me translate that. How is it impacting your child, right? Is it impacting being able to go to school or stay to school? Because remember a lot of kids who have clinically significant anxiety will get tummy aches and, and uh, headaches or other aches and pains either before school mm-hmm. or during school where you're getting called by the school nurse right. um, and, and your child's like, I have to be picked up and things like that. And so, you know, it's very important to see, is it impacting, is it impacting your child's development? Also, is it impacting your family in an adverse way? So let's say it's been two weeks. Every morning is just a complete disaster. And everybody's in tears. Um, You know, you're just, by the time you get out the door, you are just ready to lie down. Everybody is and just give up for the day. Every time you drop your child off, you have to peel him off your leg and, Mm -hmm. you know, with tears in your eyes, push your child to the school. If that's not getting better, that's painful for you. It's Mm -hmm. painful for your child. And, and that, you know, there's so many ways that we can help to give you as a parent skills to support your anxious child and teach your child different skills that will be helpful. So Little Otter, you said that you have, so it's really family therapy, psychology. Is there options for parents to maybe have like Zoom chats and stuff um, with not only parents, but also a child. Cause I wonder, you know, we talk about fears, like you were scared because you didn't feel like you were going to be exposed. You didn't know how to learn. And I didn't know I had that. No, for sure. Of course you didn't. Right. 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 But like, I think sometimes it's uh, a lot of the time, I think it's hard for uh, a child to admit those things maybe to their parents. Um, And it might be easier to talk to somebody without that bias, without that um, kind of lingering, whatever. Absolutely. And and someone who's trained to work with children. So the way Little Otter works is you um, family comes in and they do what we call a welcome call where we, you know, figure out what the key thing is going on. The other thing before the welcome call, when you registered, I've made um, this uh, questionnaire called the Child and Family Mental Health Checkup. Mm. And here's the important thing. We We have checkups for our child's height and their weight, but we don't have a checkup that says, how's my child doing developmentally in in their social, emotional, behavioral areas? Mm -hmm. So that families fill this out and it's about the child's mental health, it's about parent mental health, and then it's about stresses in the family. And they immediately get a report that says, is this typical or is this concerning? And we give some actionable insights. So at the welcome call, the um, 
welcome call uh, provider. We'll talk about this and then we make a decision based on that. Do you need to go to a therapist to have an actual mental right. health evaluation, which always includes the child and the parents? You mm -hmm. never just talk to the parents. Or is this a more typical challenge that you could work with a parenting specialist right. learning some approaches, you know, like if it's temper tantrum or bedtime routines that are developmentally normal, but also causing a lot of stress in the family. That's so I think what's critical about our family approach, we don't always, we don't, it's not necessarily family therapy. It's really saying a child's mental health is impacted by everything going on mm -hmm. in the family. Mm -hmm. And if we're gonna support a child's mental health, yes, we have direct ways. And we have wonderful treatments to help children who are anxious or depressed or have other challenges. And if a mom or a dad is depressed, we really want to support that parent to get the help that they need because right. that's gonna have a huge impact Absolutely. on the child's mental health. We do couples counseling also, because if a couple is in a lot of conflict, that's gonna have a negative impact on the child's mental health. So I'd say that our key point of view is, it's always about the whole family and all the relationships. And we mm -hmm. never just wanna focus only on the kid. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious, uh, about this. So I'd love your opinion on it being in the field. We're now two and a half years post beginning of COVID lockdown here in North America, Yeah, which is the lion's share of the people that listen to this podcast are in North America. You're now starting to see the first wave of children who were early developing like like language skills who were immediately skills immediately and, yeah. cut off from society. Yeah. You're now seeing that group enter into kindergarten. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you've seen over the last two and a half years, a significant amount of kids who were in kindergarten that are now working their way into grade three, which right. is Riley who are impacted by this because in those early stages of school, as far as I'm concerned, the number one priority of all kids should be learning how to socialize. Mm. Yep. All of the mm -hmm. other skill sets are going to come eventually. Everyone totally. learns at a different pace, but how to socialize is such a key element to the success of a child's educational process, right? As far as I'm concerned, have you seen a significant increase in stress and anxiety in children as a result of you know, taking kids away from society and then trying to put them back in and then masks and no masks. So and chopped yeah. up. It's a su it's super important question. So I'm going to pull the lens back a little bit and say, even before the pandemic, we were in a child mental health crisis. And so you're talking even about littler kids. Again, this is my work. Young mm -hmm. children have the same rate of impairing mental health challenges as older kids, it's about 15% of children. So we already had a problem with kids not being identified and not getting treatment. And then the pandemic happened mm -hmm. and it's gotten so much worse. And mm -hmm. I, I wanna be clear, I agree with you. I think the isolation, not having the socialization has had a significant impact, but it's also the fact that Families have been under incredible stress. Parents, you know, were all of a sudden homeschooling, mm -hmm. trying to work at the same time. 
people have faced illness and losses of family members due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's been, I think, a combination of stressors. There's been an increase in domestic violence, for example, mm -hmm. so that a family that is stressed, put under more stress and isolated, right. that can have a really negative impact. So we certainly are seeing an impact on children's anxiety, on depression, on eating disorders, interestingly, mm -hmm. and also in terms of more broadly social emotional development and social skills. So we did a study at Little Otter a year ago and 80% of the children, these were two to 12 years old, were in the clinically concerning range for anxiety and 60% for social skills problems. Number two, 50% of the parents screened positive on a clinical screen for anxiety and a quarter screened positive for depression. Wow. So that wow. we definitely have a mental health crisis that's impacting children it's impacting adults. And important to remember, it's impacting the adults who are teaching and caring for our children mm -hmm. at school. Right. And, right. and so this is and so so I think that is why. So two things I would say a little louder. Number one, if I could wave a magic wand to change something in the world, I would say every child who's at school or at the pediatrician should take our checkup, then mm -hmm. there should be universal screening. So you're not just asking as a parent, is this a problem? Right. Do I know that you're proactively saying, just like following my child's height and weight, I'm going to track my child's social emotional development so I can identify as early as possible if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. and Baseline help. it. Yeah. Baseline, right? And because things change. But then the other thing, and I'm super, super thrilled and excited to share this, is we um, announced a new offering at Little Otter on Monday. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Kelp Line which we say is otter for help. That's mm -hmm. why it's kelp. Mm -hmm. And why the name kelp? Um, it's because otters wrap their babies in kelp so they don't float away. Mm -hmm. And otters wrap themselves in kelp when they're sleeping. They hold hands. And so it's a way of connection in the I otter like land. But what the kelp line is, is a subscription for parents to be able to... Um, text a licensed professional at Little Otter. Um, it, soon the hours are going to be, you know, in the East Coast from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. with questions, right. with concerns, like in real time. I mean, so it could be you drop your child off at preschool and it's just, you know, again, it's the peeling your kid off and you're just in tears about it. You can say, hey, this happened. Can you give me some advice? And so then we can share resources and other things. And we can also say, yeah, based on your checkup, because they also do the checkup, it does seem that this might be something that we should look more closely at. Mm -hmm. And so then we can schedule a welcome call and an assessment. So I'm just super excited to develop something for parents that you can use in real time. And then mm -hmm. you can use without some big planning, like I'm going to talk to my pediatrician. Oh right. my God, does my child have depression? It's just more like, help. Yeah. I feel alone. I feel confused. Yeah. Um, and then we can be there to provide that 
support with other resources or reassurance. Which is right? so- I mean, it, it, how awesome being like, okay, mm-hmm. this is hard, but not surprising. Yeah. And I think that like the idea that it's so accessible in real time is huge because I feel like a parent will be like, you know what I have, it's another thing. I've got to check it with my pediatrician. I'll go here. And then they just kind of, uh, yeah like tuck it away and they're like, you know what? It'll, it'll work itself out. And then that's when it starts to compound. So this is, that's amazing. That's so awesome. Can you, um, can you just give our community and our audience a little, like if you have socials, what's the website how do they find you? How do they look so that we can. uh, Absolutely. So, um, we are at our website is littleotterhealth.com. And so you can find us there and it has the links, um, you know, to our Instagram and our Twitter. Our Instagram is uh, very active and we post, you know, a lot of actionable insights for parents. One thing to say is we have lots of great resources on our website that aren't behind a paywall that you mm-hmm. can um, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank Google you for that. things and ask um, questions. And I know I, I am so excited about coming to Canada, as I told you, because we love Canada. But the exciting thing about the Kelpline is it's actually our first national offering. So mm-hmm. we're providing mental health services in almost 15 states now and will be national next year. But now we have an offering for every single family. And so if they go to the website, um, they can learn more about the Kelpline and, and sign up. And again, it's a subscription. So it's $29.99 a month and you mm-hmm. get the mental health checkup. And we repeat the checkup also. Mm-hmm. That's as you were saying, Ryan, it's a baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you follow it over time um, and and see what's going on. As a former concussion case, I know all about baselines when it comes yes, to injuries. Exactly. You know, exactly. You, you, the conversation you had and the and the statistics that you read, um, shocking, but understandable. Mm-hmm. If you say fifty percent of all adults are are at that level of anxiety, that typically means either the husband or the wife, the mom or the dad. And yes. if you say 80% of children, it kind of makes sense that every household has a, a serious amount of stress and anxiety going on and the children are feeling it and then add to that, they're going back to school and, and experiencing all these new things. So I can, I don't yeah. think I've ever given my children the amount of credit they probably need when it comes to this transition that's happening. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think we're going to dig a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. this year and really what I got from what you said and what you shared is ask way more questions. Mm-hmm. Make space for it. Absolutely. And and I think the last thing I'll say is trust your instincts as a parent. Mm. I believe this is my personal experience, but from working with families, that parents actually know when there's something going on that is a little bit different. And sometimes people will reassure them, wait and see. Don't wait and see. Mm-hmm. And so I would really encourage parents to think about your child's emotional health, their social health, their mental health in that same way, that the sooner we identify it, the more we can give support and skills so they can go back to being kids and, and thrive. Thank you so much, Helen, yes, for this. Um, truly appreciate your insight. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been um, it's been really fun, and you know the work that you all are doing to support families is part 
is part of what we're all trying to do to support families in these hard times. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.